Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. You're listening to Cluck, the podcast where Ted Cluck and Josh Loftus talk about the things that make them happy. Because we can. Let's do it. Ted, my my recently my recently celebrated friend. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Good. It's How, good to see you, dude. It's How'd good the to, party go? It's good to see you. The party the party yeah. went great, dude. It was awesome. uh, it was a lot of fun, and yeah. uh, I'm very grateful, very very kind to my university, and um, yeah. lots of celebrities yeah. show up. Oh yeah, all the celebrities showed oh, up. Man. So yeah, yeah it was course. it was a good day, man, for sure. Yeah. Hey, let me ask yeah. you this, just conceptually. Okay. How are right. you? Like, how do you do emotionally with getting awards? Mm, that's a good question. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like, okay, I feel like I'm trying to think when I've gotten an award. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I ever have, but I'm getting feel like, like publicly celebrated. Yeah, yes, publicly celebrated. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I, in turn, if I'm going to be honest, I have to admit that I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But I think I got to like put on like the faux like like, yeah. oh, you know, thanks, guy, because I feel like yeah. that's just what I'm supposed to do. Like if I revel sure. in it too much, people are going to think, oh, this guy, like we <laughs> gave it to this guy. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, no, I think I think like if I did something, if I, you know, kind of picking back on what we were talking about last week with like, you know, fake humility, mm-hmm. if I did something that is an accomplishment and yeah. it's celebrated like, yeah, like I, I think I feel good about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, man. That's healthy, yeah. and I'm I'm not surprised that that you're healthy in that way. Um, I tend to like if if there's an award, I want I want to win it, right? Just out of principle, right. sure, sure. And there's probably something a little needy in that, and a little broken in that. And then when when I do win it, um, I I immediately start sort of second guessing, like did did I actually deserve this? You know, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And and now, like, who who resents me for this? You know what I mean? Exactly. And it, exactly. it's not super loud, so it's not like I don't know. I'm not like the Woody Allen character in the movie where I'm like, you know, just radiating with self doubt and and right, you know, neuroses and all that. It's not like that, but it's it's mm-hmm. more of like a quiet. I can't really fully enjoy this. You know, it's a, it's yeah. a strange phenomenon. Now, um, is it because you think deep down you don't deserve it or someone will take it away or you don't want to appear like you're enjoying it? No, I don't mind appearing that I enjoy it. I think it's probably the first thing you said. And yeah. what's strange, Josh, is that most of the awards I've won in my life have been like for creative things mm-hmm. where there's no sort of definitive outcome. It's all kind of in the eye of the beholder, right? So like, oh, okay. you know, book awards and, you know, writing sure. things where it's like it could have gone to somebody else. It went to me. I don't know. Like all of this points back to why I love sports, right? Because mm, sports are so yeah. like, 
completely definitive. Like, you know who the sure. winner is, you know who there the loser is. There is a winner. Is. There There's is a, a scoreboard. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with boxing, it's even more definitive. It's just like you, yeah. can, you can tell who's winning. And yeah, I mean, so I think all this just continually makes me appreciate sports. But yeah. uh, but I am very grateful for it. It was a super fun week. And um, and yeah, it, it comes with a little cash award. And I want. I'm, oh my goodness! Look at you rolling I, in it. I, I want to think. <laughs> I want to think strategically with you how to use it okay. to like promote the company. And I've got I've got some um, ideas. Okay. Um, because right. summer's coming. Yeah. And this year, more than any other, like I feel like I really need summer in terms of, like I, I just want to be creative again. You know, I've been nice. I've been grinding away at school and grading and, yeah. you know, investing in other people and all the things you do if you're a decent professor but like i'm really looking forward to a couple of months down the road having having long expanses of time to fill with creativity i like that and i'm i'm trying to think of the best way into this story or this conversation so cluck cluck speedos for men cluck speedos for men hey don't think i haven't dreamed about that for years (laughs) so have you seen the new uh movie about Air Jordans. It's called Air. It's got Ben so Affleck and Matt Damon. It's, I, it's on my list to see. Yeah. I have not seen it yet, but the trailers looked intriguing. So we saw it. Uh, okay. I took KK How and Maxim it? to see it this weekend. You know, it's an exceedingly fun two hours. Okay. The aesthetic of the movie is is pitch perfect. You know, it's peak well, it's, 1980s, yeah. 1984. Lots of old tech crap, you know, pagers sure. and bag phones and fax machines. Yeah. All that is so fun. You've got Ben um, Affleck with an afro. I mean, what else? Yeah, Affleck with like a white dude fro, which was yeah. a thing in the 80s, but only the 80s, which is right. kind of amazing. He's wearing sunglasses in the building, just yeah. acting like a complete douche. Yeah. Um, he, he played Phil Knight from Nike, which if you're the Phil Knight family, you're not like delighted about that portrayal, I'm thinking. But um, <laughs> but I got to say, dude, one of the reasons I wanted to see it yeah. is because we, we have a we have an Affleck Damon yeah. team up again. Yes. Which I feel like is a classic film team up that we haven't seen for oh, a while. Oh, dude, 1000 percent. And I'm always here for an Affleck Damon team up. That's yeah. that's a, a yeah. thing that I will love. And they, they were great in it. But I'll say this. Yes. It had all the ingredients, right? It had all the great ingredients, but it stopped just short of being an elite meal, you know? Um, okay. Suss that out for me. Why? Why? There's a certain kind of movie I like. And if, mm-hmm. if there's a continuum of movies where sort of on the far left is just a plot-driven movie, so like a Marvel thing where sure. this yeah. happens and then this happens and then this happens, and then on the far right is some sort of plotless Jim Jarmusch character study where there's no plot and it's just character. I tend more toward the right side. Like I I love deep character studies, which is why I love sports movies like Jerry Maguire or Moneyball. You know, these are deep character movies where you feel like one of the, one of the things they're trying to accomplish is, is really letting you inside of the head of the character. I would say air was largely a plot driven movie. That didn't. Okay. That doesn't mean it was bad. It just wasn't as. It didn't go as deep as I would have liked on some of the character things. But sure, sure, it was a great shoe movie, and <laughs> it was a great shoe movie. <laughs> it was a great shoe movie. I love shoes. I'm a big shoe guy, okay. and it it rekindled Josh Loftus a very specific dream of mine that okay. almost came to fruition before COVID. And yep. stop me if I've told you this story, but before COVID. 
I had reconnected with this guy, this sports agent. He represents NFL players. And mm-hmm. I had ghostwritten a book for him, I don't know, 12 years ago or whatever. Yeah. And I reached out to him and I was like, dude, wouldn't it be cool if somebody made like AstroTurf shoes for, for the street, like that mm. you could wear in the street? And he was like, oh my gosh, what an amazing idea. Like ath- athleisure turf shoes with like the the big chunky upper from the 90s, yes. but like the, the nubby, remember the nubby black sole for like the old school yes. AstroTurf, which oh, would yeah. just ravage your body. It was horrible to play on, but now I'm nostalgic for it. Right. Um, so we got so far with this. We had like partnered with some garment district guy in New York City, and he was like, looking at factories and, you know, overseas and the whole thing. Right. And then COVID right. happened and it all kind of fell apart. But yeah. point being, it's easier to sort of small batch like sneakers nowadays, like sure. bespoke sneakers. Yes. And I want to make a small run of shoes for our listeners to purchase mm. and for you and me to wear. Uh, like adorned with a cluck logo and I want to make, I'm going to make a small run of, of cleats and I want to NIL some of my guys at Lane college, um, nice. and bestow like free cleats on them. So that's the, yeah. that's the dream, dude. That's the idea. So that's why I've got you working on that logo with lane colors, right? Right. right. Um, the, the dark blue background and the red, uh, the, the red cluck. So, yeah. uh, this is yeah, going to be a blast. I, I'm, on this. I'm, I'm so on fired this. up about it, dude. And then, yeah. and then we can like pr- we can promote our athletes and like you oh, can get to get to know them a little bit. They're they're great kids, and uh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute blast. We're gonna start. We're gonna start getting into the sponsor game just with athletes. I love it. You know? Well, you this know? is this is how Nike. This is the whole sort of energy of the movie Air, right? Right. And sure. what's shocking about the movie is that it was a movie about getting a meeting to happen. It was a movie right. about a meeting. And yeah. like, you know, the, the main character, the Damon character is this guy, Sonny Vicaro, who I think in real life was a bit more of a scumbag, if I'm remembering it correctly. <laughs> I mean, probably. They didn't I mean, lean into yeah. that at all in the movie. He was just he no, was kind of squeaky clean can't. in the movie. But um, his whole thing was trying to get Nike basketball started as a brand. He would he would mm-hmm. travel around and like give shoes to elite high school basketball players and and try to get college programs to pick up Nike and right. you know until they got Jordan on board it was it was all kind of a massive failure but uh sure. but then they sure. got Jordan and the, their fortunes Yeah cuz at that I cuz I forget who who was the main was it Adidas that was the main one at it that point It was Adidas dude and so yeah, Converse right. had and the movie did a great oh, Yeah, had Converse Yeah, sure. the movie did a great job of laying this out. So in the early 80s and I remember this cuz I was a I was a kid in this era watching NBA so Converse had Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Isaiah Thomas, mm-hmm. kind of yeah. the triumvirate of NBA stars pre-Jordan. And they were the yeah. three biggest names in the NBA, and it wasn't even close. And Converse, and the, the way the shoe industry worked back then, Converse had a shoe, and the players would sign up to wear the shoe, right? Right. But Nike flipped the paradigm to where Nike was like, we're going to create a shoe around you and your personality and your ethos. And, you right. know, and now right. we're, you know, decades down the road with that whole idea, but sure. Yeah. So Converse was kind of the, the tried and true NBA shoe. Adidas was like the up and coming like brand that was cool on the street because run DMC had a song called my Adidas. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in reality, they were this right. like, they yeah. were this German company 
Right. And but but like American kids loved Adidas in the eighties, and I remember I remember this too. I rem- and Adidas had like elite tracksuits. I don't know if you remember the old classic like Adidas tracksuit. Oh yeah, but that was yeah. a huge yeah. thing in the eighties, and it, and it was very yep. cool. And Jordan loved Adidas apparently, and he wanted to wear Adidas, and um, so Nike really had to come in with this, you know. All, all time Hall of Fame pitch to get him to, to oh, yeah. flip. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It's like okay, we need to. We, you know, what's going to get this guy on our side is if we create in him an ego. Well, think, right, and think you know we're going to create an entire shoe around you. You know, and then and yes. then Jordan's like, huh, you know, that doesn't sound so bad. Well, that's right. And the and the movie actually does an incredible job of like showing. Not only kind of the Jordan family's collective massive ego, yeah, but also yeah. the like um, the the deftness with which Nike sort of catered to the ego. Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, and it catered in a totally different way, you know, because a, a lazy read of it would say, "Well, the way to cater to somebody's ego is to I don't know send a limo to the airport or just offer them more money or whatever." Yeah, but like, sure. really, for Jordan's family, the juice was your own shoe, your own shoe and you get back end. Right. So that was a, that was a part of like the business side of it that had never really happened before was the athlete getting back end. And, uh, and the, and the, the casting, you know, brilliance of the movie. So anytime you make a movie and I know this because I've made every mistake there is to make while making a movie. (laughs) So anytime you bring on another person, either in a creative partnership or in a financial partnership, Mm-hmm. That person has opinions. And sure. the more people who are around the table with opinions, the more diluted and bad the movie ends up being. So like sure. Sure. Jordan was a part of this movie and he had two ideas or, or two demands, one of which was really good and the other of which was less good. Mm-hmm. The, the amazing demand that he had was that Viola Davis play his mother. And she was great. Uh, okay. Her scenes really ripped, dude. She was really good. Yeah. Um, and the less good demand he had was that this this guy who was a legendary kind of 1970s basketball coach named George Raveling would be a part of it. And so they they kind of tried to shoehorn Raveling in there and the scenes didn't really make sense. And it's ah, whatever. But yeah, uh, gotcha. Gotcha. It, it, how, yeah. How'd the kid who played Jordan do? Well, here's the interesting thing. And you're going to love this if you see the movie. I, okay. And I think I, I, I loved this and I don't even have to qualify it. They never showed Jordan. Never. They never showed his face. So you would see him like getting out of a limo or walking into a meeting room and you would see like the back of his head and you would hear yeah. his voice from time to time. Okay. But they never showed his face. They never recreated a basketball scene. All the basketball stuff was found footage. And Josh, it was brilliant. Because okay. I can I can okay. honestly tell you, and I haven't met everybody in the world, obviously, but I, I have met Jordan. He's what he's got to be one of the five most charismatic people that's ever lived. Oh, I mean, he has to be. So you're not recreating yeah. it. You know, there's a zero percent chance that you're going to cast some tall kid to play right. Jordan, and he's going to have a fraction of the juice that the actual Jordan had. So yeah, exactly. I actually think this move to like not show him was really was was, was really good. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, dude. I'm kind of into that. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think, I think that's a good artistic call too. I agree. You know, because mm-hmm. then, because here's the thing: with someone as iconic as Jordan, yeah, if you ended up showing him in the film, all of the reviews and all the critiques are going to be on him. Yeah, 
You know what I'm saying? That's right. Be like, like he, he's going to automatically take over the space. Right, because a lazy um, reviewer or a lazy sort of writer is going to be like, wow, the guy that got to play Jordan, you know, what were they thinking? Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't look like him at all. It's like, it's like okay, the, the well, movie's exactly. not about that. You know, right. the movie's in right. no yeah. way about that. It's about that. his shoe. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. And it's about one of the great business moments in American history. Sure, absolutely. Know? Well, I mean um, it launched it launched the company. Yeah. You know, like yeah. they weren't they weren't really yeah. They yeah. were a running shoe company, you know. Yeah, right. And they were far right. behind in in like ball sports essentially and sure, and, sure. You know, Nike football kind of took a I, I Jordan was such a, a you know, a jet engine. Like he swept everybody up in his wake and I think all the you know, all the Nike brands increased because of it but right you know in the early 80s nike football wasn't a wasn't a player nobody wore nikes people were like ponies and and sure. converse and you know all these other brands but uh which is crazy now because you think converse and you just think that one flat shoe yeah you know what i'm saying yeah the like, flat shoe that like, like hipsters wear you know exactly exactly yeah. like that that's when you think converse you don't think sports anymore yeah. Like, you know, even Converse has kind of rebranded to a particular demographic of people. Well, what's interesting is that, interesting. oh, it's fascinating, Josh. And and Nike bought Converse. So Nike actually oh, did owns they Converse. Really? Yeah, oh, that's yeah. probably why. That's probably why they're like, you know what? We're, we're going to, we're going to downplay. Yeah. And they, <laughs> it's they probably the... spite. They're like, yeah, we were competing with you for so long. Yeah. We are now taking you out of the game. <laughs> and they killed like all aspects of the brand besides just the hipster canvas shoes exactly yeah 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 100 percent. how do you feel about those Eh, i you know i've worn them like i don't want to lie to you i have worn them yeah they're not very comfortable yeah they're they're super super uncomfortable and there's no traction like yeah i can't they're not practical for doing anything they're like, really not like yeah. yeah you know what I think I, I think that's that's what I'll say is they are not a practical shoe they're practical think, for like sitting around and being a certain kind of like effete hipster you know <laughs> yeah emphasis on effete yeah yeah uh, uh, I think I think they are they are practical for Instagram they are good there you go like yeah, like they're, if they're you good can, Instagram like, shoe. like if you can if you can take a picture of whatever yeah. book you're reading or coffee you're reading and you can get mm-hmm. your feet blurred out like mm-hmm. crossed in the background so people are like oh he has converse yeah. that's what those are for yeah they are for they are specifically to be blurred out in the back of yeah. Instagram shots there you go Man. you know yeah I hate that we I hate that, like you say that, you hate, and I, I know this. exactly what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. You know, you can ex- picture the exact thing I'm describing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's too bad we live in that world. You know, so I hear you. Can I, I can you. I say a thing about um, about decades and get your take on it? Okay. Um, and and a couple things are coinciding here. So my son Maxim has recently discovered Stranger Things, and oh, so we're okay. We're watching the first season of Stranger Things again. And yeah. so this dovetailing with like watching the Jordan movie mm. just gives me like an aching longing for the 1980s. And sure. it, it sure. made me so thankful that I grew up in the 80s. Yeah. And I'm so wistful for it. And I sound like such an old man. But you didn't grow up in the 80s. But have you ever romanticized mm. the 80s as like a decade that you would like to visit? Oh, 100%. Because, yeah. because here's the thing. I grew up on all 80s music. Oh yeah, S- specifically Christian eighties music. So my yeah. entire middle school and high school, mm-hmm. Ted, um, you know, obviously, you know, you know, sports and things like that. But yeah. but I my free time mm-hmm. was YouTubing old 
Christian 80s music videos. Fascinating, yeah. And learning how to drum. Like, like I learned how to drum from 80s Christian rock and roll. Gosh dang, dude. That is the most tender. It makes my heart feel good to hear you say that. Like that, I, that is what my childhood was. I'm glad people like you existed, you know, because the world's <laughs> so full of just scumbaggy people and 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 like I'm I'm glad that story happened. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I am I am too. I am too. Like yeah. I I remember distinctly like like to me like it was a treasure trove mm-hmm. and I still this is something I love is mm-hmm. because this is one of the nostalgic feelings from childhood that I can still capture. Yeah. When I find good music that I like, mm. I get the exact same feeling. Oh, that's interesting. I, Talk because, about that. Because I remember, I remember being in middle school and high school, discovering these bands, right? Yeah. Right. You know, found found Petra, right? Mm-hmm. And then found Striper, yeah. And then and then and then Whiteheart, and then oh, like Steve Whiteheart. Steve Steve Taylor, yeah. White Cross. Oh. And, you know, uh, you know, uh, um, um, oh, what was the what was the uh, oh the really old the old one. Blood good. Blood, Blood good, good dude. yeah. Dude, all these dudes. And then like just having having my mind blown yeah. each and every time. Because it's a new sound. It's a new voice. Yes. It's a new guy on the guitar. It's a new it's a new song to learn the drums to. Right. Dude, can I so, tell like, you Yeah. I've been to multiple White Cross shows. White Cross? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, that dude's voice, dude. Between uh, like seventh grade and ninth grade. Yeah. I saw him a couple times. And yeah. it, in in fact now that I think about it, Josh, mm-hmm. I think White Cross in like seventh grade was my first concert. Was it really? And I, I, yeah, I, rem- oh, I remember man. the experience of, I had this cool friend, his name was Bernie. I've talked about Bernie before. And Bernie had a cool older brother named Jabin. And, Jabin. And Jabin had like, Jabin was like a, a senior in high school when we were in like seventh grade. So everything he did to us was cool and all of his friends were cool and yeah, come to find yeah. out probably none of them were actually cool but it didn't sure. matter we thought they were. So this ex- this experience happened where I had started listening to White Cross and Bernie knew that I that I listened to White Cross and so he I guess Jabin's friend group was like getting some people together to like take a van and go see White Cross in Fort Wayne, Indiana. At like yes. some club, which was really just some like, I don't know, storefront in Fort Wayne or whatever. Right, so, right, yeah. Which to me sounded like the equivalent of, and keep in mind, growing up in a cornfield middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. that sounded like, oh my gosh, we're going into Manhattan for a night. You know, it, it, like, it is a pilgrimage. Yeah, in my mind, yeah. that was like we're going to Madison Square Garden to see, I don't know, Led Zeppelin or whatever. Right, so, exactly. Uh, so we get into this van and gosh dang, dude, this is so sad and tender and sweet, but like... I tried to like dress cool for it because I like oh, I, yeah, I didn't know what people wore to concerts. And yeah. so I, I wore like a jean jacket and I was trying my best to look cool and I was such a little yes. dork, dude. But now I would I would literally but give you love that. I would give thousands. I would I would give almost anything to like go back and be that kid in that van having that experience. You know what I mean? Dude, dude, I had the exact same experience when, so again, so keep in mind all through middle school, all through high school, Mm -hmm. I'm cranking Petra, right? I'm just learn. I'm just like, I learned all the band's names. I learned all of their songs. Mm -hmm. I can play the drums to every single Petra song, Mm -hmm. right? Like I know the words to all of them. Yeah. I find out, and this is like 2013. Yeah. I find out, that Petra 
is playing at a fair in Washington. Oh, let's go, dude. Dude, I I drove there. Dude, it was it was this is the this is a scenario. Okay. Yeah. I had just met my now wife, Lauren. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm taking Lauren. We're driving from where from where we were. I'm taking her to meet my my family for the first time oh my at goodness. this concert. At the concert? Okay? At the concert. Wow. We all show up, dude. I am with I mean, I'm going to start crying just because yeah. this is like no, this, is such it, a, this is such a good memory. We're going deep, like, man. We're going deep. Yeah, man. We're going deep. Keep digging. I, yeah. We show. We showed up, and I can't remember a day that I felt more joy. Oh, because not only do I get to introduce this girl who I think is just everything. Yeah. To my family, my parents, my siblings. Yeah. But I'm doing it now seeing this band that I have grown up listening to yeah. and YouTubing and giving hours and hours, thousands of hours of my life to yeah. learn their songs. And they come out and they play their songs and they started playing Beyond Belief and I started crying because I was so happy. Oh. Like it was it was a moment, Ted, where like everything was perfect. Dude, that is an elite story. That's it, it a Mount Rushmore story. Yes. In my life. Is yeah. that I, I remember looking around, seeing my seeing my little brother Caleb, who's super introverted, mm-hmm. screaming at the top of his lungs oh. every word to this song. And dude, it is my family, yeah. right? Comprised of like I was probably twenty at the time. And then like people that are like over fifty. Yeah. And my siblings, me mm-hmm. and my like like my like we knew the words. Yeah. And then like like we were near the front. So like John uh, uh the lead singer John Schlitt, he was like yeah. he, like he noticed us. Like wow. he noticed we were into it, dude. So he like, you know, he like made that special special connection. He's like, "Okay, yeah, these folks are here. These folks are here." For dude, it. I I just had a crazy just, idea. Oh my gosh, dude. It's just such a and I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this. I love that story, by the way, and I, yeah. I, I love every bit of it and every second of it. And I'm so glad you mm. shared it. And I was gonna share a Petra story, but it, it doesn't hold a candle to that. Um, oh, dude, I love Petra stories. Though. I don't care. But yeah, I actually Petra's have an idea. Awesome. I want, I want to okay. say the idea first, and then maybe I'll share the story. Okay. All right. And I'm saying this as someone who's been around a little bit longer than you, mm-hmm. and as someone who knows that, like, the Christian world especially the actual sort of Bible-believing Christian world is so small. I mean, it's got like yeah. 25 people in it. And yeah. so like... <laughs> That's right. Chances That's right. are chances are actually really good that someone who listens to this show mm. has some connection to Petra. Mm. Yeah. I want, I want to live in a world where you play a show with Petra and you get to oh, drum for them. Dude. That, yeah, that'd be out of this world. I, I and I, I actually think this isn't too big of a swing. And it's so funny, dude, that we bring this up right now. And and yeah. I, conversations like this make me hopeful because as I'm getting older and I'm kind of winding a certain part of my career down, I'm now sort of standing in with my students, like I'm being the big dreamer for them, and I'm kind mm. of encouraging them to take big swings. You know, yeah. because this generation, they're all kind of addled with doubt and and all that. And I'm like, sure. no, you should, yeah. you should send an email to Rolling Stone and see what happens. Like, you're good. You're a good writer. You could do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and mm-hmm. so I'm kind of there, looking over their shoulder when they're writing the email, and I, I get really fired up about stuff like that. 
And I would be fired up about this for you. That would be unreal, dude. (laughs) That would be unreal. It would be an unreal Petra, Petra agents, Petra families, if you're out there, if you're listening. (laughs) I'm not going to rest until my my boys on stage in a Cluck Podcast (laughs) t-shirt drumming for Petra. Uh, I would I would buy a plane ticket and, and hotel rooms oh, to, come and, to come That'd and to come and see amazing. this. It'd be unreal, dude. It'd be so good. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, my Petra uh, story is is much less yeah. good, but it's funny. No, no, um, tell me about it, dude. I want to hear it. I had a similar experience to yours in that like uh, you know, my my parents didn't they didn't die on the music hill. So by the time I got like into high school, I was listening to mostly secular music. But like childhood, sure, sure. especially early mid childhood, was like Christian music only. Yeah. And Petra was the first band that I like that I really loved and I bought records for. Yeah. But then when I was in college, this would have been like 1995, they came to play a show at my college. Nice. And by that time, I was kind of perceiving myself as like a little too cool for it, which I'm ashamed of. That is a. A, cr- a crappy take by me that has not aged well. But um, that's where I was in 1995. I was like 19 sure. years old. You know, massive uh, weightlifting guy. And, and sort of the the kid from like student activities that helps plan concerts and stuff came to me mm-hmm. and he's like, hey, we need, we need guys to work security for the Petra show. <laughs> and like yeah. your yeah, job okay. will be to stand in front of the stage in a tight t-shirt that says security. That's right. And I remember like, oh. my my thought process was <laughs> that was your Jordan shoe, wasn't it? Yeah, my thought process was I really want the t-shirt. t-shirt. I want to have a t-shirt that says security, you know? Like Hey, whatever gets you in the building, I guess. This is how like the mind of a college sophomore works, you know? Sure. It's just yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. Take the dumbest angle possible into this thing. Oh, that's funny. So I did I did the job. Yeah. And I yeah. remember thinking we're in Upland, Indiana. We're at Taylor. Like, they're not going to need mm. security. Nothing's going to happen. So I planted right. a few of my, like, idiot friends in the audience to, like, rush the stage. So, so that, that I you could, could like, jump back? I could grab them and, like, dramatically, <laughs> oh like, gosh, throw them back Ted. into the crowd. <laughs> we were planning, like, these pro wrestling spots, like, during oh my the gosh. Petra show. It was great fun, dude. That's great awesome. Fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is hilarious. Yeah. Oh. So, okay, this was 95? Yeah. Okay, so they were probably playing all their Beyond Belief stuff then. Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. they were. In, yeah. in my yeah, mind, they were. That came out in 92, I think. Yeah, yeah. but it's been, a, it's been a long time, man. Gosh, that's, dang. That's I, I'd give fun. anything to go back, dude. I'm dude, just feeling I, real wistful for the past right now. Dude, I am too, man. I don't know what it is, but like, I think, I don't, yeah, yeah. Because I, I don't have many of those moments mm-hmm. that I look back on and I think, like everything was perfect. Like I would not yeah. change one iota of this. Like mm-hmm. e- like just like everything was just fantastic. Yeah. You know, I get small. I think you get like, I think you probably only get two or three of those moments in a lifetime. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think it's little, it's little pieces of heaven yeah. where God just gives you some grace and says, you know what? This feeling that you have right now, yeah, is going to be what living with me is going to be like right. for eternity. And, and what's it's just wild be is way that, way better. It's going to yeah. be even way better. It's just a fraction, right? Like it's, it's just, just a, a just a tiny little foretaste of what it's actually going to be. And yeah. you're right. And I've I've had a few of those moments in my life too, and they are sublime, and they they feel perfect, and they feel so good. And and you had like, yeah, just the intoxicating stew of like young love. Yeah. Your favorite band, like, soundtracking the young love, 
Oh, it, dude, that's Gosh, exactly dang, what it was, dude. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's exactly what it was. That's yeah. magical, Josh. It it was magical, dude. Like, and I, it just, it is, it's one of those moments I look back on and just think, man, yeah. that, that was a moment. That well, was and moment, at 20, you're you know? still innocent enough to fully appreciate it, you know? And, and like, well, I hope I never lose that, you know? Yeah, I, I hope mean, I don't I mean, either. I mean, yeah, yeah. I like to think that that level of innocence to be able to appreciate a moment. Yeah. Never goes away. Yeah. And you got to fight for it. You know, you really do. And, and. You know, your parents at that at that moment were squarely in middle age and were probably dealing with all the attendant struggles. And I, I remember this, and we're, we're getting deep into the psychology of our families yeah, now. it's but, okay, dude. Um, it's all right. I, I remember looking at pictures of my dad from a certain era, like, like from when I was around 20. Yeah. And he would have been like my age now. Right. And in a lot of these pictures, there's just like the rictus of like middle aged strain, like etched mm. onto his face. Sure. And I don't know specifically what he was going through at that time, but like I see him in these pictures and I'm like, man, pops is like carrying the weight of the world right now, you yeah. know? And I wonder, I, I wonder if I look that way or if I'll look that way to like Tristan when he's looking back on old pictures of this era. Yeah. But I, I do agree that there's something innocent and sweet about, um, that experience that's worth fighting for, you know, uh, well, I, I want to retain that kind of joy. Yeah. Well, and it, I think too, it's, you know, you and I talk, I think you and I are a lot alike in that we, I think we go to nostalgia for emotional comfort. Yeah. You know, and I think that we look back on those times in our lives when we perceive things were going the best or going right. Yeah. And we long for those days. Yeah, because we associate those days with a level of comfort. That's right. You know, and mm-hmm. and and it makes me think with as with as much as I, with as much as I do that, mm-hmm. you know, and I think you know back to, you know, when I was a kid and the relationship, even just the different relationship that I had with like my folks. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Like I long for that simplicity. Oh, I know it, dude. You know? I, you're and, speaking my language right now. Yeah, and and it, and it makes me it makes me wonder, Ted. Mm-hmm. I'm really trying not to get emotional here again. There's just yeah. something about this, dude. That just, dude. I appreciate it. I I appreciate the me. emotion. Yeah, dude. I cried in front of my students yesterday. Good for you. I that's, had a student. I, I think that's a that's a level of vulnerability more 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 people need. Dude, let me let me say this for thirty seconds, and it'll okay. it'll buy you thirty seconds to compose yourself. Yeah, I yourself. appreciate it. But, yeah. um, I had this student who had written this is opinion writing class. Yeah, and honestly, the class has been a bit of a struggle. But I, I had this student who wrote this incredible piece about how her parents didn't have any money, and they like lived in a motel like early in their marriage. And all they really had was this waffle maker. Mm. And they kept the waffle maker through the years. And whenever there was a special occasion, they would bring it out as like a reminder of how far they'd come. And dude, dude, by the time she got done reading this essay out loud, I was wrecked, you know? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that would have killed me. All of which to say, I appreciate the emotion. And uh, yeah, say what you're about to say. Well, I so I, I equate this. And and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get like like uber overly spiritual here. But. Yeah. I think about the ways that I long for when life was simple, mm-hmm. when relationships, you know, were simple. Yeah. And and 
and the level of comfort that I feel from that. And, and, and I equate that to a sense of, you know, what Paul talks about when he says we, we, we long, we, you know, the body, it, it, we groan, like we long for something that we can't express in words. Yes. Right. That's right. I think one aspect, one aspect that's going to make heaven so wonderful mm-hmm. is that all of that longing that you and I feel for with the nostalgia that we have, mm-hmm. it's actually going to be satisfied. Oh, yeah. It's actually going, we're actually going to get to heaven and have that feeling that we have, that longing for when things were okay. Yeah. Like Jesus is actually going to be able to tell us, yeah, it's okay now. Yeah. And that's going to be perfectly satisfied. And like, dude, like I want that so bad. Yeah. Like I want that here. Yeah. (laughs) And I want to like find little ways to like give me a taste of it here. That's right. You want to experience it, you know? I do. You want to be reminded that it exists. Yeah. Yeah. Childhood delivered more of those moments, and and we were, you know, blessed to grow up in good families, and and you know our families weren't perfect and well documented, but like, um, yeah, that feeling of like warmth and love and joy mm-hmm. and acceptance, um, it it was really magical, you know, yeah. and I yeah, I do was. long for it, and yeah, like. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. You know, yeah, exactly. Like, like fulfill my every longing. You that's know? it. Like, I, th- I think it, yeah. it really comes down to that. You know, and that's that. That's I think I think one of the aspects that I like I really should focus on more is is yeah. when I am feeling down yeah. because of nostalgia or whatever. Like, I remind myself, like all this, all this is going to be satisfied. That's all right. this is going to be taken care of in Jesus. You well, know, it, I might have to wait a little bit, but it's but interesting that even the secular world like has this language because one of my favorite moments and it and it lasts like a second and a half in Jerry Maguire, mm. but it's one of my favorite lines. It's right after in the first act after Jerry, um, you know, stands on his head in the hotel room and like writes his manifesto. Mm. He goes, "I was my father's son again," you know, because oh. he had he had like taken oh, off man. the scumbaggery of his of his business. And and like for a short time he had put on like goodness and innocence and uh that's just such yeah. a great line and, and we do long for it. We do. We do like like we, we long to be our father's son again. Mm-hmm. Where like we're just going to a sports game or listening oh, to music or yeah. holding the flashlight for him when he's working on the car. You oh, know? Like magic. Yeah, yeah. Magic. It's those it's those kind like of it. things that, Yeah, nothing like yeah, it. I, I want little tastes of. Oh I want dude. Little tastes of. Well said. Yeah. Gosh, dude, we got real sentimental this morning, dude. Man, what the heck, bro? <laughs> I didn't see it coming. I didn't see I, it. I didn't see it. But you know, I'm glad it happened. Oh my gosh, I'm I'm so yeah. glad it happened, and I, yeah. I I really enjoyed it and appreciated it. Yeah, I think we're gonna have a good day. I, I think so, yeah. man. I hope I so. Think we're, I yeah. think we're gonna have a good day. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ted, um, we're gonna get out of here. Uh, but before I do. Uh, because I am feeling nostalgic, I want to do a little promo, a little self promo. It's it's kind it's kind of a self promo, yeah. In that it's a promo actually for a project that my wife is working on. Okay. Uh, my wife Lauren, mm-hmm. uh, my lady, love mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. She she has an an audiobook fiction podcast that she just Whoa. released. Wow. So she wrote a book. She okay. wrote a fiction a fiction book. And instead of trying to go this whole self-published route and all that stuff, she broke it up into episodes and she's reading it as a podcast. Cool. So it's kind of like an audio book. 
Uh, and you can find it wherever you get your podcast. And I want to give her a little shout out because it's a project that I worked on as well with mm-hmm. like, you know, uh, kind of uh, more on the back end producing and editing and things like yeah. that. But the show is called Burning Rock Radio. Okay. And it takes place in a small P&W beach town. Okay. And if you like semi-supernatural ghost monster stories. Oh, man. You're going to love this. So uh, just a quick thing. Burning Rock Radio is a fictional podcast about um, a character named Ivy Romeo, a grad student living in the creepy coastal town of Burning Rock, Washington. Follow Ivy as she dodges monsters and searches for the truth about her missing friend. Wow, dude. It's a great story. It's like it, it's already getting mad reviews. Okay. It's got a full five stars on Apple Podcast. Wow. She's only got, I want to say, four or five eps up right now. But ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoy fictional podcasts uh, and you're looking for something like an audiobook that's free that yeah. releases every week, go check out Burning Rock Radio wherever you get your podcasts. I would, I would thank you because as a producer, it does my heart good when i see projects do well and it's my wife and i think she's awesome and you know all that good stuff so dude that sounds outstanding there we go go. that's it yeah that's it so all right and i want to i want to encourage our listeners to hit up our socials absolutely Um, there we go look at us flipping the scripts (laughs) well hit up our socials and let us know like if you if you want some cluck shoes dude some cluck turf shoes yes that's Um, right you can wear them on the street athleisure yeah. And, you know, let us, let us know if you would be into that. I'm going to try to keep the, the price point manageable. That's right. um, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see this thing through to the end, dude. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I'm fired up about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think the name's already there. I think you need to get yourself a pair of clucks. Yes, dude. Right? Right? Maybe? We'll see. Uh, no, we'll I see. like it. I, I do yeah. like it. I'm and not going to lie. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you can hit us up on the socials at ClickCast. It's the same everywhere on all the socials. We appreciate you guys listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of Cluck later. Later.